Welcome to BYOB. I am Nolan Ash, and she is Laura Kemp, and he is Harry Shepard. I can't believe it. We're actually fantastic. Wow. What a treat. Uh, Harry Shepard, we are so glad to have you. You are such a fun person to talk with and just talented in so many ways. So we are thrilled that you are here with us. You're so much fun. And so... We are going to turn most of this on over to you. I mean, Laura and I, we can't really right. going to talk. <laughs> I want to talk about The Traveler, and I want to talk about <laughs> Laura Kemp's book number three. I'm really excited about those two things. Well, yeah. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I actually got to do a blurb that's in the Amazon ad for The Traveler. So I feel like I'm now finally famous. I've arrived as an author. Yes. You don't have to sell Your books. You just have to be in blurbs. Yeah, that's the one right there. There That's it what is. And, and, coming in March. And May for, for Laura Laura 3.0 said May, right? Is, is that what we're shooting for for that one? May, yes. That's what I have in my brain. Uh, all right. I like, I like deadlines. I got to write down Mackinac Island because that's going to be my spring trip is to come up and watch that launch in person. Oh, well, that's in July. So that's even yeah, better, it'll right? Be it'll yeah. be later, but yeah, you can. Do you want to come to Mackinac Island and uh, always, you and, know, uh, <laughs> my handler? Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> if if yeah, if that gets me on the boat, I will do that. I'll carry luggage. You know, I'll. I'll uh, we have to. We, you know, we have to do. We have to name a fudge up there when we're on there for oh, your protagonist. Name a fudge for for because that's or? yeah. For people that don't mm. know, Mackinac Island is very famous for their for their. And there horse many poop. flavors of fudge. Fudge and horse poop. So we could combine horse poop, yeah. And you know, <laughs> one word Ironically, works for the they other. Look similar. Yeah, exactly. Yep, <laughs> it's a synonym. Yeah. <laughs> so want to eat, but you know, who's who's everybody just lost their appetite. Which one do you pick up? <laughs> Well, Terry, speaking of gross things, um, you have written a picture book that has to do with the pandemic, things being healthy. And I think your picture books are so fun. Now, you have, picture books are not oh, all you, right? You've written a lot of things. But what a timely thing to have written, to have been so creative with. Tell the folks a little bit about that series. Well, it was, it was supposed to be a one-off, actually. I mean, I... I have grandkids. They're they're at the time they were, you know, four and nine. They're now ten and five, and they were scared, like all of our children are, about this mm -hmm. thing. So I, you know, I thought back to my own youth, and I loved reading Green Eggs and Ham. So I wrote a How to Protect Yourself from COVID nineteen book called Juliet and the Mystery Bug, and I wrote it in tetrabic pentameter, which is the Dr. Seuss type of poetry. My son-in-law, who's a fantastic graphic artist, a Disney-style guy, he did the illustrations, and I made one. Well, then the neighbors got a hold of it, and then the people down the street got a hold of it. Library wanted five copies, and before I knew it, I had you know zillions in every doctor's office in the country. So it. it's a, it's been a it's been an unexpected success. It basically teaches you the skills of masking and distancing, vaccine science, in a way that children can understand. But you know what I found out is that it's, it's the adults that are memorizing the dang thing because they have to read it over and over and over. You know how that works when you're a kid. Oh, yeah. They want to hear, again, I mean, Dad, too. one more time. Yeah. So that's been yeah. that's been a, a, a wonderful project. Um, it's so different than Jessica. You know, I'm used to writing about badass women detectives that are out saving the world. Uh -huh. And then to shift gears to this 
five-year-old who's trying to figure out how to make a mask. That was totally okay. different. In her own way, she's saving the world too. Yeah, she is. She is. Well, I, I hope she grows up to be a detective. That would be great. I'm she sure she, well, yeah. she will at least grow up to be a badass one. Yes. Well, yeah, her mom and her grandma both are. So there you definitely. Go. That's, can't that's, help it's, it. it's in the gene pool. Definitely. It yeah. Is. Absolutely. So tell folks about your detective novels too. So we've gone from picture books to our badass woman. So yeah. So when I was a corporate guy, my my thing, I mean, I grew up in this family in Ann Arbor, Michigan, a very liberal family. So when I was growing up as a kid, we had a house full of amazing uh, women, men, every every color of the rainbow, every preference you could possibly imagine. And this was in the 1960s. Wow. And so I grew up thinking that that was how the world worked until I got to junior high. And that's when I figured out there were things like prejudice and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So throughout my corporate career, I was all about breaking the glass ceiling for the women on my team, looking for the disaffected, the minorities, and giving them the opportunity to be able to thrive. So when I retired from corporate life, I felt at loose ends. All of a sudden, I couldn't do this magic anymore. So my psychiatrist, God love her, not only did she give me some fantastic drugs that help with the clinical depression that was this I part of our that. family, but um, she said, why don't you do something for yourself? You're always doing something for everything, everybody else. What would you love to do? And that's when I decided I would spend a year writing fiction. And Jessica Ramirez was my first incarnation. Wow. She's the star. Her sidekick is LGBTQ, Alexandra Clark. Um, the, the, the guy who's the medical examiner in book one is on the autism spectrum. So I have all these people from this huge rainbow of diversity that are all heroes. And that turned out to be the purpose, right? I mean, we, we, we do things, we don't do things for money. We do right. things for a purpose, that's things true, that we're, we got to make the world a better place. And that was how I thought I could do it. And it's been so much fun to watch that magic happen. How many years ago was that? How many years have you been writing? Well, let's see, I'm coming up on, I'm, I'm in year three right now. I get it. Oh so uh, there's two Jess books out. Chasing Vega was the first one. And then Chasing yeah. the Captain was the follow-up. And the new one that I'm working on right now is something called Chasing Karma. And that's Ooh. book three in the Jess series. Um, the other stuff that's out there, I have some other kids stuff. I have a, a time travel book that teaches fourth grade history called Students in Time. And I also uh, am developing a series right now that I'm calling the uh, the working title is the 221 Club. And it's four kids, very diverse kids that together as a group have the brain of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, and they're yeah. middle schoolers and they solve mysteries. Yeah. So that's, that's what, what's going on. 221B being right. Absolutely. You got it. You can be part of the 221 Club, Laura. 221B Baker Street. Yes. Yep. I can be part of the club. Yes, well, you, I'm basing the women on you guys. I mean, when I met you, you changed my whole my whole thing about what authors are and what awesome people are. I mean, talk about two people that are very different but very much the same. In fact, friends, I can't wait until Killer Nashville because I hope to be there to witness the first time that Laura and Nola see each other in person. Maybe we should videotape it huh and i think we should that's <laughs> I think hey should. i got a role now i could do that yeah yes. i'll bring the i'll bring the camera and we'll do that it'd be fantastic are Plan. you going terry are you going? i am now yep absolutely yes. Yes. i guess i should get my tickets i haven't even talked to my husband about it but he says yeah. all the time go do what you want yeah well, we should we'll bring him along listen 
Scott and I have a great time. We, we, I'm sure we're going to get along just fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, and I can show you all the sites. I mean, when you do have some time, it's on your own. So you got your tour guide right here. So, well, yeah, you know, you know what I want to do with you, Nola, is I want to do the New Orleans thing. I want you to take I, me to ooh, all the great voodoo sites to, to take me to fortune tellers. I want to, I want to see nola's new orleans definitely nola's new orleans oh yes and i can definitely do that laura you'll have to come too <laughs> like, i've never been to new orleans new um, orleans will never be the same <laughs> yeah we well you don't do it this summertime you wait until it's, no. it cools down a bit because it gets a little yeah. sticky down there yeah march yeah. and october spring break fall break that's typically when i go i mean being a teacher mm -hmm. that's that's mm -hmm. when i have off anyway but you know, being a local to South Louisiana, I also know that those are really the only times that you can, you know, walk outside and actually breathe because <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, I mean, and it can be absolutely stunning. To be honest, well, Marsh is well, probably um, the prettiest. You know, you guys are, you guys are both awesome writers. What do you think in, in, in each of your stories, what is the, the part of the book that you're most proud of that you wrote? If you could think about that, is there a certain scene that you just you break oh, out when people yeah. say read something? Yeah, what is yours, Nola? Mine, Mine, I think, has to do with it's actually the end of Traveler because it is a cliffhanger. I mean, it is the first yeah. in the series, but the very end of Traveler, there's a whole lot of unexpected that happens, and it's modern people with ancients having a very modern conversation in the midst of an ancient <laughs> ritual. Right, and right. So I remember this. Find those two things and, you know, it's it can be a whole lot of fun. Um, you know, our main character, Shelby, has a mouth on her and she doesn't take any crap from anybody, God or not. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of fun. That one was so much fun to write because it was just, I mean, I, I read that aloud to Colleen. Yeah, I, I got I got a little it. I got a head start on that one. I read that that that's the scene I would pick. I read that alive to, Ka to Colleen, that. and we just both we both cracked that. We could imagine that in the screen. Yeah, yes. it's funny. I mean, and that's what I love about Traveler is is that it it is sad. It is heartbreaking. You will cry, right. but there's so much of it is funny. You can identify with her because all these weird things were happening to her, and she's like, "Yeah, this is not what life does." Like, what yeah. the heck? You know, no, nope, just give me some wine; it'll all go away. That's right. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's fantastic in that way, and I love that she's relatable. But all of the things that she does and or that happens to her. I love the way that she reacts to them and it's just fun. And so you end up with this range of emotion, but all the while there's Shelby in her mouth yeah. in the middle of it all. And so it's funny. I mean, nothing like you. Going. It's not at all like you, Nola, right? I mean, you're just, yeah, you're the wallflower. But you know what, Laura, you and I, are, we're both Michigan kids. And as I'm thinking about the two books I've read of yours, what would you say is your favorite scene in those two books? Well, it's you haven't read it. It's in the third. It's when I wrap <laughs> everything up at the end. <laughs> you have to see. It, there's a lot of pressure when you're writing a series, um, when people love the characters and they want to see them get a certain ending to wrap up everything. Yeah. And it yeah. was just, I, I think of it like music, like a symphony. You have to end on the right. Ooh. Is that hey, we have an extra guest. We have another guest in the show. Suddenly, sparking at the neighbors. <laughs> but I feel like it's a it's a symphony, and you have to end on the right chord. Yeah. Can't be dissonant. It has to be, you know, when you're. And I, I felt like I nailed it. I felt. Oh like man, it, like, that, see, that's wonderful. Into the, 
into the distance in, in a way that was really pleasing to me. And the people that I've had read it um, also said that they were actually glad to, um, not glad that it ended, but that it mm-hmm. ended in a really satisfying way. So I was pleased with that because it's a lot of pressure. Well, just wait till you get it back from the editor. She'll tear it apart. What what are you most proud of, Terry? Oh, I, I love it anytime that um that Jessica and Allie are fighting because uh-huh. you know, there's so many scenes in both of those books where they're pulling each other's chestnuts out of the fire, as Allie likes to say. <laughs> and and Jess always says, Allie, I had this under control. And and Alexandra says, no, you didn't. I'm the guy who I shot the bad guy who was going to kill you. And she said, well, I was I had my gun up. And she said, no, you didn't. You lost two pints of blood. You can barely stand up. And that, that banter between them as, as their boss is saying, ladies, this house is going to blow up. We need to get away from here now. Yeah. And, you know, from in my research, cops have that kind of sense of humor, right? I mean, because they, they have to learn compartmentalization. Yeah. So the jokes they tell and the banter that they have back and forth, especially when they're on each other, is just, and that's that's the feedback I've gotten from, you know, my technical consultants is, that's one thing you got right. You, you blew it on the Glocks. Glocks do not have safeties, and you said they did. But you did get the girls right. So. You know, you got the ladies right. And as ladies, I feel that that's important. I would not have known about the Glock not having a safety, but I would have been really into that conversation. Yeah, well, you know, the other thing is I love the um, the heat scenes between Jessica and her boyfriend. Because they they are always arguing too. Because he he wants to protect her life. He's an FBI guy, and she's determined she's going to go after the bad guy. So they will be you know in the hotel, in the middle of the mat. You know they're dancing the nasty, and and it's going between there. You know he 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 kissed her passionately, and she said, "I'm going, whether you like it or not." And he says, "No, you're not." And nibbles on her ear and that kind of stuff. So I can just imagine. You know, that's that's like real life, Laura, isn't it? it is. Right? I mean, we're, we, we we all we've all been married. This is kind of how it goes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Juxtaposition is that the word? Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a and, yeah. and that's the big question: is people want to know are, are Jess and Michael going to get together? Because because in, at the end of both books, he asks her to marry him, and and the first one she doesn't even answer; she just smiles, and that kind of yeah. made some of the readers mad. The second one, she's he says, look. I know you're you're un- uncomfortable with this. Let's try it. Wear the ring. Let's live the life for six months and see what it feels like. And then if it doesn't work, we'll just say goodbye and you know, no hard feelings and stuff. And right. and she looks at the clock. They're on this private jet that the government's provided for them to get them out of Moscow. And she looks at the countdown clock and until they get to DC. And she says, "Well, I'm not sure, but you got seven hours and forty five minutes to convince me." Oh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Bam. I love it. I that love it. Great. So it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, you, you, the thing that's different between my stuff and yours is you you guys really reach in, I think, to to people's hearts and make them think. And there are, especially, Laura, your series, I mean, people, I think, can identify with your protagonist in a, in a very special way. I mean, she's very human. The thing I like about your stuff, Nola, is it's this one big adventure in, in a world that, you know, you wish existed and it mm-hmm. doesn't. But mine is, you know, I, I just I just write popcorn stuff. It's just <laughs> one ch- chapter ends and you got to turn the page because something's going to happen in the next. The, you know, the, the pin's out of the hand grenade. It's going to blow up. You got to turn the page. 
right. that's great reason. though. They want to keep the pages turning. So mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of yeah. us read for exactly for that reason. So yeah, yeah, that's why I, I mean, write. Mm -hmm. There's such good stuff and good variety. And I think, you know, I, I love that I get to read for other authors too, because, you know, because they're friends of mine, I might read something that is outside of what I would normally read, a genre that I wouldn't normally read. And then I find out, you know, I'm loving this. Like, why don't I read this more? So it's like, oh, I should, yeah. you know, I should read police procedure rules more. I don't understand everything they're talking about, but mm -hmm. that's really cool. I like solving the mystery. So there's a, a lot more to a lot of books. And we've, we've had this conversation, you know, I've had this conversation with numerous authors, you know, on various shows where we've talked about the fact that multi-genre books are, you know, all books are essentially a multi-genre, even if they have their set genre, because you can work so many other things into them. I mean, work right. adventure into the romance and, you know, comedy into the romance or, you know, whatever. And I love that about what all of us write is that we've, we've written books we love as opposed to writing books that fit a mold. And there is just something something magical about that when you when you sit down and write what you want. Yeah. Well, this is the great thing about being an indie. This is what Laura's gonna learn. And, and that is that you, you don't, you aren't responsible for genre. You aren't responsible mm -hmm. for pleasing an agent or pleasing a publisher. The only person you have to please, as Rick Nelson said in Garden Party, is yourself. And hopefully, <laughs> There's so an audience out there yeah, and your audience that, too. you know, like, like, uh, like Kemp camp, you know, the, how you got that street team together that oh, did your gosh. stuff. is just a star. I love hearing that story. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Slowly and surely. Now I have mugs finally after. Yes. I love the Kemp camp mugs. mugs. I need to get you guys mugs. They're fantastic. So, They're so really cute. I love I, the graphic I, design. So I, I'll tell you what, I'm a, I'm a proud camp camper. I'd listen. Yay. I, I have the notifications turned on on Facebook whenever Thank something you. happens over there. I'm glad, I, I'm glad they're not turned off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like I like lurking in Kim Camp because I'm actually an admin and she's an admin in my street team too. So we, yeah. Laura and I pair up in a whole lot of things, a whole lot of ways. So we're admins in each other's street teams. So well, and your worlds are so different. I mean, that's the thing, Noel. I mean, your people they love you equally, but. There's a little bit of a twisted mind in that group, you know? <laughs> We're a little on the spooky side, a little more on the party side. <laughs> you know, that's what we do. And of course, there's nothing in Shelby that's at all autobiographical for you at all. Right? I mean, you're 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 very reserved, calm. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I am never sarcastic or snarky. <laughs> do you think we always write and put a little bit of ourselves into our characters? Well, isn't that why we come to the to come yeah. to the we? I, I think most author, well, most of the people I've talked to, they 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 came to writing because they had that book they had to write that was autobiographical. Yeah. It was therapeutic, okay. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I haven't. I I have that one written, and it's it's a Jessica book, but I will never publish it. You know, I I, I got it out, and it feels yeah. really good, and it's not a bad story. It's a pretty good story, but you know, that one is one that I would do if I was ever a Harlan Coben or a James Patterson or a Tony Morrison. And super yeah. famous, and people want didn't care, right. um, but you know, <laughs> it's not it's not yeah. not anything I want anybody to see. <laughs> Sometimes it is just for you, and and I like the fact that I have the option in anything that I write to put myself, if I want to, into the characters, and sometimes in unexpected ones. I mean, yeah, yes, I'm a yeah. lot of Shelby Starling. I will give you if if I hadn't gotten married young and had my first child young. Shelby Starling is who I would have been in my early 20s. Like, absolutely. Balls to the wall. Uh, that's who I would have been. However, 
as an adult, as you know, who I want to be as I grow old is Carmelita. And so, when yeah, you, you know, you that's know, true. Yeah. If you guys haven't read the book, got to check out Carmelita. Yeah. Carmelita, because that is that is who I want to grow old to be is Carmelita. But in the Crescent City books, I'm a whole lot more oddly. Celine, I'm the bad guy, the villain. It's like, you know, all of those dark things oh. that you ever wanted to think, all of those that just being able to funnel any kind of stress and pain and you know anything, your villain can do those things that you can't. And so Celine is a whole yeah. lot more me than Zaley, who's the protagonist and trying to, you know, make everything right. You know, in, in my case, it would have been Celine. That would have been the one that I would yeah. have identified more with. And, you know, for various reasons. And everybody's got their personal reasons for why that is and why they do those things. But it is fun to kind of look at, you know, I know this author, so who are they? Everybody who yeah. knows me knows, you know, they can hear my voice when they read Shelby Starling. But also the narrator. The narrator is pretty snarky in that one, too. They are an unnamed yeah. narrator, but they've got attitude, too. So it was kind of a whole lot of. I kind of figured it was more like if Anthony Bourdain was narrating a book about me as a 20 something, <laughs> yes. this is what we have. <laughs> That's perfect. Good comp, right? And, and do you guys ever, do you guys ever have just totally gruesome deaths that you put on some of your, your bad guys yeah. to get back at the bullies that picked on you when you're younger? Or the In people with bad reviews. I have one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? You're going to get cholera? <laughs> She's gonna get She's gonna get. <laughs> she might have a wagon wheel run over her, and then she'll. Uh, that would be a fun collab. We should do that. We should take all of our one-star review people, use their real names, and just put them in a book where one by one they have these horrible things happen to them. I don't like one star. I just don't like it when they go into great detail as to why they. Oh, well, you know, star. you know that's that's interesting because I I don't mind negative reviews either as long as they're helpful. If somebody says yeah. he's got to yeah. work on his dialogue or this this person wasn't authentic enough for me, okay. I'll listen That's to that. Information. Yeah. Yeah, but if they're there just to hurt, just, yeah. yeah. If they just gonna yeah. say negative stuff, yeah. And make it into the into the book. Yeah. Where they make gruesome mm. deaths. <laughs> yeah. Have I you know ever confronted confronted? Have you guys ever confronted a negative reviewer in person? No, I, I don't won't. think that's no. probably I've been always told that's not the thing to do even though internally i want to internally you say uh -huh. all of the things you want to say but I, I, I don't know that i ever would i think it's more of a um it, it's one of those things like it's not necessarily be a bigger person but it's also like you know what do i want to spend my energy on and yeah. i would rather spend my energy on doing something positive for my work than harping on something that has a negative I, feeling yeah. with my I don't work. think it would ever end either. I think it would be like you know, just, tit for tat and then a tit for a tat and then a tit. And then someone would just have to end it. Yeah. I'm talking about in person. I'm not talking about getting <laughs> oh. in a flame war. No, no. I'm not I having anybody in person. Bad reviews. I know who it is. It's somebody that I know. And I just started oh, to work and figured it out. Well, this is kind of, but it's my ex-husband's current wife. <laughs> oh, really? So that's a little <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that she's unbiased. I don't know. So mm -hmm. I was kind of like, well, okay, I guess I could confront her, but that would be. See, that's a, that's an interesting know. revelation in public, Laura. I don't know that I would would share that <laughs> a level of intimacy. <laughs> well, you know, that happens. It happens it's a you know. I had to do some detective work to figure it out.
See, now, but now we're all going to go look for that one star and say, which one is it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> I guess there's a little adjust in me, too. So. Well, this is, this is the fun part about what we do, guys. You know, this, yeah. I, the, the thing that I love interacting with readers, happy or sad, but the thing that I really love most is the, the friends that I've made since I've done this. And if I had not ever left corporate life, I wouldn't know either one of you. And I, I, like I, I treasure you both. I think you oh, are two of the most amazing you. women I know. I'm so proud of you. Oh, and such you. an honor to be I on your show. Good. Thank you. Oh, we oh, are so glad. I know. That's, that Jerry, stuns me, first of all. So that's, that's accolades to you, how far you've come. But you're a go-getter. So I don't know. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And you we will have to have you back on. I know you and I talked um, for a while, and you've got great projects and lots of ideas and so many things that are coming down the pipe and just, you know, you are a, you're an idea guy and I love that. So we'll have to catch back up and have you back on the show and kind of see what you're working on next. But Laura and I were thrilled that you were coming on. We've been so excited about this one. So the consummate professional and just the all around great guy, Terry Shepard, tell the folks where they can find you online. TerryShepard.com. That's the place it all begins. And, and that's why I picked that pen name because there was a dot com available. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's all all right. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a copywritten podcast of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. On behalf of myself, Nola Nash, Laura Kemp, and Terry Shepard, we hope that you will join us again next time.